Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. The book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 27 through 29. It reads as follows. And when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 28. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then in verse 29. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Again, let's go back to verse 28. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I am able to do this? And notice their response. Yes, Lord. So based on that, we're going to talk for a few minutes on the topic of yes, Lord. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word this morning, and we pray that the word of God will have free course. Father, we thank you for every aspect of the service so far, and we know you're not, you you're not going to stop there. You will continue to minister and feed your sheep with knowledge and understanding and we continue to bind the enemy and cast them out plead your blood over this congregation have your way this morning father minister like only you can minister in jesus name we pray let those that agree say amen my faith is essential to me receiving and experiencing and sustaining my God-ordained blessings. If I'm going to receive it, I need faith in order to experience it. And it, all, it will also call hindrances, obstacles, delays, as well as resistance to be removed from our life. When we go back to the message of my faith, we gain more understanding and insight on the fact then when, when my faith is strong, I can speak to the mountains according to Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20 and expect them to move, which will cause hindrances to be removed as well. So let's go to Matthew 17 and verse 20. And notice what it says. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So notice this. So Jesus said this. He spoke to them. He proclaimed to them, because of your unbelief, you're weak in faith, you're, unf- you're faithless, for surely I say to you, If you have faith, if you have conviction, if you trust in what I say, if you believe in who I am and the power that I have, if you do that as much as, excuse me, as a mustard seed, 
as a mustard seed, you will say, you're going to speak, you're going to declare to this mountain. A mountain is the elevated portion of the earth's crust, but for our definition, it is an object that is difficult to move. And then it goes on in Matthew 17 and 20 by saying, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. So anything that is difficult to move in our life, if we have to, if we trust God, we will declare or speak His word over that situation, and it will move from here to there, and nothing will be impossible to you. See, the amount of faith from a natural perspective that Jesus says that we should have is the size of a mustard seed. Mustard seed faith. And see, mustard seed faith in God tells me that I trust the Lord wholeheartedly and trust his results, which cause mountains to be removed from our life. Remember the obstacles we talked about earlier. And then I have to ask myself, what mountain do I need removed from my life? Is it a mountain of death, a mountain of sickness, a mountain of disease, a mountain of hurt and pain from my past, a mountain of stress, a mountain of anxiety, whatever it is, whether it's mental, a mountain, a physical mountain, and so forth, God has the power to move it. And see, mountains, obstacles, hindrances, elevated matters in our life are real. How many know that they're real? I mean, you know, we can talk faith all day long, but reality, faith going to work on something. And what it's working on is real to you. And when it's real, we thank God that God has power in order to move it. They can cause, if you're not careful though, these things, the mountains, the obstacles, and the hindrances can cause us to miss out on what God has already promised or ordained for us. We can see how important it is for us to develop our personal faith in Jesus in his written and revealed word. We have to strive daily to trust the, our Lord and Savior wholeheartedly. We must see, we must see our deliverance, our protection, and our prosperity as valuable. And when something is important and valuable to us, we cherish it, we care for it, and we invest in it. We invest in gaining and maintaining our salvation. See, Jesus made the most essential investment by shedding his blood so that we can have access to salvation. The reason that we can have access to deliverance, protection, and prosperity is because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ that was back on Calvary. However, I got to do my part. I've got to invest in my salvation by praying, coming and attentively listen to God's written and revealed word and applying it in my life. Regular church attendance, attendance, worshiping our Lord and Savior in spirit and in truth. See, investments, especially personal investments, are important to this thing called life. If I want a strong, healthy marriage, I must invest in my marriage by getting good teaching, spending quality time with each other, loving and supporting each other. If I want a healthy body, I must invest in my body by getting proper rest, learning how to take care of my body, what to eat and what to cut back on. And let me say this, so when you read stuff and, 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 and look at stuff, be led by the Holy Spirit as to which diets you take and what you don't take. 
uh, be led by the Holy Spirit. Let me just leave that with you this morning. If I want God to deliver me from fear, insecurity, anxiety, and such like, I must invest in building my faith in his word to the point that I trust him to rescue me, to deliver me, to protect me, and cause me to prosper despite the fact that Thoughts will still try to creep into my thinking and my conversation. You won't, let, let me say this to you, just, just learn and grow from this. You will not be delivered without having had to fight thoughts that you're not delivered. Let me say that again. You will not be delivered without having to fight thoughts that you're not delivered. That's part of it. Because of my trust in God, the mountain will move or go from one place to another. And those obstacles from life that seem insurmountable or those things that are great to overcome, God can move them. And one of the things I thought about when I was studying this, never thought about this before, we need to understand that we have to trust what God has on the other side of the mountain. What do you mean by that, Pastor Dobbs? See, sometimes we think in our minds we know what's on the other side of the mountain. And from a natural perspective, you can have in your mind what's on the other side of that mountain. But you but you really don't know until you get to the other side. And so don't get preconceived ideas about what God has for you on the other side of the mountain. Trust God that when the mountain is removed, you're going to see what he wants you to see. You're going to have what he wants you to have. You're going to operate in what he wants you to operate in. Well, I expected this. I didn't get it. It don't mean you won't get it down the road. But on the other side of this mountain, you're going to have what God wants you to have. Now, it's up to us to make the investment in my faith so that I can possess mountain-moving faith. Paul gives gives us the key to this and what I believe is a help would help us in our personal faith in Philippians chapter two. So let's go to Philippians chapter two. We're going to start over in verse 12, Philippians chapter two and verse 12. The Bible reads as follows. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So again, therefore, my beloved, if you, if you as, as you have always obeyed, you listened to me, you submitted to me, you did as I wanted you to do, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So whether I was with you or not, they said you obeyed. That's a good thing. Whether you're at OCC or not, you still need to obey God. <laughs> he said to his beloved, his esteem, those believers that it's important that you should listen tentatively and submit to God's word in his presence as well as out of his presence. He goes on to tell them in the latter part of 2 and 12 to work out your own salvation. Bring about a godly result. Do that which brings about the goal that God wants you to have. For example, if, if God wants you to pray more effectively, then you need to work on your prayer life. Prayer. Thank God for prayer. But it, there is a goal. Remember when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray as you have taught your disciples. And so it, they, he was teaching them how to pray, but more effectively. Work out your own, that which belongs to you, your salvation, your deliverance, your protection, your prosperity, and your safety with fear and trembling, with 
dread and terror with one who distrusts his ability, but tries to do it, uh, excuse me, tries to meet his requirements. See, Paul was admonishing or encouraging the believers to work out their own and personal deliverance, protection and prosperity, but to do it with a reference to the God who is all powerful, all knowing and all present. In other words, he wants you to invest in your salvation. You need to invest in it. See, God's power is not like man's power and that he has no limitations, even to the destiny of our soul. That's why Jesus has the power to destroy both body and soul in hell, according to Matthew 10 and 28. Let's go to Matthew 10 and 28. Matthew 10 and 28, which reads as follows. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who, who is able to destroy both body and soul, body, excuse me, both soul and body in hell. So we want to make sure we are following and understand that God is all powerful. He has no limits as to what he can do. Whereas man is limited in what he or she can't do. A business is limited. A corporations are limited. Governments are limited. But God is unlimited. Nobody got more power than God. Nobody. Nobody. No man. No woman. No has no more power than God. And that ain't what's going on in the world. We all understand that God still has the final say so. And don't just because God got the final say so don't mean that He won't allow certain things to take place. But remember, he still got the final say-so. That's why it's imperative that we understand our salvation is personal, and we must do all that we can to work on it daily. Everybody say daily. Oh, yeah, because people can love you, encourage you, sow into your life, pray for you, but your salvation, your deliverance, your protection, and prosperity is personal. You got to work on it. Let me say, stop for a moment. You got to work on your own salvation. I can pray for you to, to Jesus get back in. But if you ain't praying, if I can study and I can prepare, but if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the Word, you got to work out your own salvation. That's why we must pray for ourselves as well as others. We must be eager to come to church and hear God's written and revealed Word through the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. We must bring God his tithes and consistently grow in giving him a good or bigger offering. We must forgive and love those around us. We must share the word with others and help develop our spiritual maturity. See, you got to forgive. I can tell you that it's right for you to forgive. I can show you in scripture that it's important that you forgive, but you've got to do the forgiving. Just like this, you got to share the word with others. You, you've got to share the word with others. Listen, I can tell you how important it is. I can show you in the scriptures where they shared the word with others, but you've got to share the word with others and you'll find out how God will continue to grow you through sharing the word. And as we develop, become more mature, more advanced, we have a mindset to take ownership of our relationship with Jesus and his word. We will continue to experience 
better and bigger. We're going to experience better, do better. We're going to experience bigger and operate in bigger. Not only do we utilize our faith to access the promises of God, but we are being a better position to say yes, Lord, to his will and to his way. Oh, yes. We can see how Jesus expressed the importance of our faith when it comes to experiencing miracles as well as being able to respond to the Lord with two important words. Yes, Lord. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27. The book of Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. Two blind men followed him. Let me go back and read that again. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Two blind men, men that were not able to see. They lacked perception. They were visually impaired. Two blind men. They were following Jesus. They were company and joining him. Crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy. Bring help, God. And, and, and I ask you, Lord, don't give me what I deserve. Provide aid on us, God. And so Matthew 9 allows us to spend time with Jesus. And before we get to Matthew 9 and 27, let's look at what some of the events that happened before we get to this particular verse. For example, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, he heals the paralytic. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 3 through 8, he discerns the faults of the scribes and the and his Pharisees and, and so, excuse me, the scribes and the teachers and rebukes them. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 through 11, he spends, he spends time building his team of followers by fellowshipping with the tax collectors and sinners with the Pharisees had plenty to say about it. Notice he had an encounter with the, with the scribes, excuse me, with the Pharisees as well as the Sadducees. Matthew 9 and 12, he dealt with the Pharisees questioning his motives and his intention. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 18 through 26, he restores life to a girl and heals the woman with the issue of blood. He had performed many miracles, dealt with many different issues. In fact, uh, if I was him, I'd probably been not only physically tired, but mentally tired as well. But he got to deal with another issue. Because as he's hit, he's coming back from this particular event, two blind men are following him. Two blind men, two men who were unable to see, lack perception, visually impaired. Uh, they followed him. Somehow they were connected to Jesus. Now, it's hard to follow people who you don't connect with. It'd be hard for me to follow my bishop if I did not connect with him. Let me say this to you. It'd be hard for you to follow me. If you don't connect with me and what I teach and instruct concerning Jesus, you know, uh, first, I think it's first Corinthians, second Corinthians 11 and one, it says, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, you ain't got to follow me. You may not like what I like. You may not like some of the things I do, but follow me as I follow Jesus. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Auxiliary leaders, it's hard for your team to follow you if you don't connect to your auxiliary members. And at times, our connection may not be as strong as we think. Life situations, trials, tribulations, gossip and such like 
have a way of revealing our connection level. Is it strong or is it weak? Do we have a signal or have we lost connections? At times we may seem as though we're getting the word, but our hearing might be limited because we're not connecting. We're listening, but we're not hearing. We're listening, but we're not comprehending. We're listening, but we're not understanding. And we have to be connected in order to do that. Now, one of the things we see here, which is a miracle in itself, two blind men following Jesus. That's a miracle within itself to me. I don't, I don't think y'all quite understand that two blind men following anybody is a miracle. Because the Bible doesn't say that anybody was helping them to follow Jesus. But somehow they had a connection and they said, you know what, we're going to follow Jesus. In fact, they didn't let the fact that they could not see naturally stop them from joining with Jesus. And sometimes we see people who can see real good, drive up and down the road, got 20-20 vision, still got a hard time following Jesus. Make excuse after excuse why they can't follow our Lord and Savior. Even though he's been good to them and better than anybody. He said, Lord, bless me. But all of a sudden, when a little trial and tribulation come along the way, it's hard for them to follow Jesus. Oh, I, I wonder sometimes, are they really following, or they, they want to follow him for the fish and the loaves, or do they really want to know who Jesus is? Because, yeah, God can do stuff for you. Sometimes I, I've seen it in my own personal life. I've seen God, listen, do stuff for people. As soon as they got the stuff, they moved out the way. They say, you know what, I got stuff to do. I, I don't have time to follow Jesus. Or sometimes people will follow Jesus as long as they get what they think they want to get. Oh, yeah, God, if you pay my bills, I know you must be Lord and able to do it. But if God delays in paying the bill... Oh, I like what the, 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 them, them, them Hebrew boys said, if he deliver me, fine. If he don't deliver me, I'm still going to follow Jesus. And you got to be like that in the time we're living in, whether he shows up and shows out or whether he, he delays showing up and showing out, I'm still going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow him whether it's good or challenging. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow him whether the crowd follows him or not. I'm going to follow Jesus. How many are going to follow Jesus this morning despite what you having to deal with? I like this and I like what the blind man, they followed Jesus. And I like what they said here. They said, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, God, I ask you to bring me help, God. And, of course, you know, one of my favorite de- definitions about mercy is this. You're not giving me what I deserve. Lord, you know I, I was wrong, but you're not, I ask you not to give me what I deserve. <laughs> Woo! Boy, you ain't live long enough. See, some people that come and they act like they ain't did nothing when they get to God. God, you know I've been, I prayed two times this week. Oh, God. Lord, you know I gave, I gave, and I helped the lady cross the street. But you know, Lord, I need you to help me because I, I come a little bit short this week. Got a pain in my body, God. I, my mind is going through. Oh, but then I like what this brother here says, have mercy, God. Uh, really, what I think one of the things he was saying was, God, I ain't been the best saint. Thank y'all for the four-way man. I thought I heard four-way man from him. I really didn't pray like I could have this week. I, I really didn't study like I could have this week. Yeah, I could have kept my temper, but I didn't. And I didn't lose no sleep over neither. I didn't repent until about three days later. 
Only the Holy Spirit told me to repent because I wasn't going to repent because I was mad. Lord, I could have helped that brother or that sister with and bought their life, but I'm spend, I'm buying what I want when I want. Yeah, I could have told them about Jesus, but I didn't feel like being bombed. Yeah, I could have texted them, but if they had texted me back, I had to go in a long conversation with them. I could have did this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then there's some people that go, hey, you know what? I, did, I just didn't do it, God. Lord, I repent. Help me to do better. And I like what this brother is. Lord, have mercy on me, God. Because I could have did better, but I didn't. Have mercy on me, God, because I could have, but I chose not to. Have mercy, God. Have mercy, God. One of my prayers I pray and often pray is this. Thank God for grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Now, you may, you, you may want to add that to your vocabulary when you start praying, but thank God for grace and mercy. I could have did better, God, but I didn't, so... Yeah, I could have studied. I could have got up in the morning, did this, that, and other, but I didn't, God. I didn't, I didn't. So they said, have mercy on us, God. Provide aid for us, God. In other words, bring help to them. Provide aid and support to them. Don't give them what they deserve or what they need. See, when a person makes a statement like that, one fact they're saying is, I'm not innocent. And yes, I do not deserve anything good to happen to me. But Lord, I believe you can help me. It's an attitude that desires mercy say, says this. I don't deserve it, but Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my family. Have mercy on my finances. Have mercy on my future, God. Have mercy. I want and need better in my life, despite what I've been thinking, talking, and doing. In my opinion, the blind man believed that Jesus could make their life better. And my question for you this morning is, do you believe that Jesus has the power and the ability to make your life better in every, every area of your life? So you just can't limit God working in one area. You got to allow God to work in every area of your life. You know, some people, they like to bring God into one, one part of the room, but they don't want to bring God in the other parts of their room. Because they don't want to deal with the mess that's in the other rooms. But God likes to go through the whole house and deal with what's going on in your mind. Go, what's going on in your attitude? What's going on in your life? He likes to deal with all of it. And so, I believe God can help us. Now, one thing I was thinking about when I was looking at this, I was saying, you know what? I don't know how far they had to go. In order to follow him. But they chose to follow him. And they and, and somehow they made it to the house where he was going to. I don't know who told him he was at the house. That he was at this certain house. I wonder was it just one house or they just kind of knew. That he was in this house. And so when he made it to, inside the house. And verse 28. And when he had come into the house. The blind man came to him. I mean, these blind men were not playing with him. I like these blind men. They were not playing. I'm going to get to Jesus. I'm going to get to Jesus. And we got to have that same type of tenacity. We're going to get to Jesus regardless of what's going on around us. 
And they said to them, to them, and Jesus said to them, do you, good God, not the disciples, not the owner of the house, not the neighbor's neighborhood, but do you believe that I am able to do this? Do, are you do you believe? Are you persuaded? Do you trust? Do you have confidence and conviction and assurance that I am able? I'm capable enough. I'm strong enough. I'm powerful enough. I got the ability to do, to accomplish, to produce, to construct, to prepare, or whatever it is I need to do. Interesting word, he stops there. This. 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 A thing. I won't deal with this this in just a moment, but let me say this to you. Jesus is still in tune to the needs of the people around him. Think about all the things he just done and how busy he was. But he said, you know what? They got a need. See, once again, he's a great example that we cannot be too busy that we can't stop and be sensitive to the needs of others. See, they had a need and Jesus had just finished ministering. In my mind, I would have been tired. I'd be like, let, let, I'm going to get off my feet for a moment. I've been dealing with all these people around me. But Jesus said, you know what? These people, and in my opinion, are coming in faith. They're coming in faith. And faith gets God's attention. He didn't, listen, you know some Jesus didn't have a pity part with these folks. Oh, I feel sorry that you blind. I, I, I feel so sorry for you that what you're going through. And look, you had to go through all the crowd in order to follow me. Oh my goodness, you blind and you follow me. Notice he just said, Do you believe I can do? Do you believe I can do this? Notice how essential or essential that personal faith fits into this equation. Jesus' question them involve, involves them and not anyone else. Now, on the outside, somebody looking in would look and say, you know, these blind men did not even ask Jesus to heal them directly. Did you see that in the text? Did he, say, he said, have mercy Two blind men have mercy on us. I didn't read anywhere unless uh, the author decided to leave it out. Where the blind men asked Jesus to him heal them directly. So when the Lord makes the statement in the text, to me it gives it more meaning. Why is that, Pastor Dobbs? See, when the Lord asked the blind men, are you persuaded that I'm able to do this? Why do some of us limit it to just healing of the eyes? Are you able to do this? Notice this. Jesus didn't finish the statement. Now, I said, God, okay, because this will mess me up. Because I'm so busy looking at the response, I don't really, I, I need to stop at the question. See, when you look at this, you got to ask yourself. And when you look at this, you can't go to the question before you, uh, the answer before you examine the question. Examine the question for a moment. 
Are you able to do this? My question for you, what's the this in your life? What's the this in your life? If God says, are you a, am I able to do this? What about if God says, I want to pay, pay for your college tuition? I mean, I'm going to pay for it. What if your this is college tuition? What if your this is you're going to pay cash for a house or a car? See, you, you got to get your mind up. Get your mind up. Because, see, you can run in there and talk about, well, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to finance this house. What if God say, I want you to pay cash for this house? What, I mean, what if you go in there and they, they start talking about, we want to take your application. We want to find out what your credit score is. You ain't going to need my credit score. You ain't going to need my credit score. Well, I mean, you, you keep, keep all that stuff. I need you to put this in my name and tell me how much I need to break, break the check through. Do you believe I'm able to do? Oh, see, I ain't quite got there yet. You go into the neighborhood. The houses are nice. Anybody else come in there filling out a 22-page application? And believe me, they were 22, 40, I don't know. <laughs> but are you saying, I just need you to put it in my name because I'm going to bring you a cashier check at closing. I'm going to bring you a cash. Do you believe I'm able to do? And see, this is where we got. I was looking at this. I'm saying, God, you know what? I, I need to take the limits off you. I need to take the limits off because, God, you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything I ask or you ask or say according to the power that working in us. Do you believe he's able to do this? Well, I got, I got something going on in my body. Do you believe he's able to do this? Do you, I know what the doctor said, but do you believe he's able to heal your body? Do you believe he's able to do this? Do you believe that God can restore or rebuild your relationship? He's able to do this. What is the this in your life? What's the this in your life? What's the this in your life? I may not have covered it, but you got to this. You got to this. And when you go to God, uh, I, I'm going to give you just a little bit more. I'll, I, I need to cover a couple more things here, but it's according to your faith. That's what he's saying here. It's according to your faith. Because, and this is what I believe he, now see, understand something. Jesus is a master of words. He's a master of words. You know, he's, he did he said this on purpose. I, I mean, well, you got you to gotta know Jesus. You know Jesus when he, when he made this statement right here? He made this statement on purpose. He knew exactly what he was saying, and he knew, hey, it's according to your faith what you receive from this. And, and I, what I want us to do is take the limits off. I want us to take the limits off. I want us to say, you know what? You said in your word, God. You said, not Dobbs, not Pastor Dobbs, not Mr. Dobbs, no, not Lady Dobbs. This is what you said. You said, do I believe you're able to do this? 
Because God could have easily said, you believe I'm able to heal your eyes. Now, he, he, I mean, he had been all right, but he was more, he was, I believe he was after something greater. And if he didn't get it from these, I believe he's looking to get it from us this morning. Or do we believe he's able to do this? Do you believe that, let me say this, do you have confidence that the Lord can deliver you, rescue you, release you, and liberate you from any sickness or disease or oppression or thoughts of suicide or anger issues of your past? And the answer will be, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe you can deliver me. Are you persuaded that God can protect you, keep you safe from harm or injury, shield you from injury or harm, defend or guard you from attack? You believe that God can take you out of poverty, pain, and plans of the enemy and, and demons and even yourself? Do you believe that God can protect you? And the answer will be, yes, Lord. Do you, are you convinced that God can prosper you despite your past or even your financial portfolio? Do you believe God can cause your finances to get better, to cause you to be productive in every area of your life, to be successful in carrying out the written and revealed, revealed word of God despite my past, despite my credit score, despite whatever they tell me? Do you believe he's able to do this? And the answer would be yes, Lord. I believe you can do this. Oh, we need to get a, a yes, Lord, across the sanctuary. So on the count of three, I want everybody to say the yes, Lord. One, two, three. Yes, Lord. You got to say it like you mean it. Yes, Lord. One more time. Yes, Lord. You got to be able to say yes, Lord. Yes, I believe you can do this. When the doctor said that I ain't got but. Whose support do you believe? Well, my, my, my financial analysis says I can't afford it. But whose support do you believe? Do you believe he can do this? And, and, and see, many times I believe have the battle. It's just getting God to believe, getting you to believe that he can do this. That's the battle. That's the battle. That's the battle. Listen, God said back to who are you? Who are you talking to? I can't do what? I can't do what? Is anything too hard for my Jesus? Is anything too difficult for my God? Is anything too hard for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? If God want to start you in the business and you bounced a check two days ago, he's able to do it. His question is, do you believe He's able to do this. Now, see, so many times I read this scripture and I went right past. I went to the yes, Lord, before I, I examined the question. And so I, I, we're going to go to the yes, Lord, but I need for us to examine the question. Because he never said, he, he didn't limit the two blind men. The two blind men, it was according to their what? Faith. Well, what about you? So I think he used that this for a purpose. Because it's according to your faith, how you limit or how you expand 
God's blessings in your life. Because he's able to do it. Well, I don't see how it's going to work out for me. He didn't ask you about what you see. That's why he had to touch the blind men so they could see. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. See, you can't. That's why we walk by faith and not by 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. You got to see when he touches your eyes so you can see like he wants you to see. Instead of going by your natural way of doing things, you got to not lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall or he will, if you allow him to, he will direct your path. But I've got to allow what he said to come to pass in my life. Hallelujah. Now, but notice this. Notice this. No matter the circumstance or situation that we are believing God for is, the question is, do we believe he can do this? And I'm going to put it to you like this. Or like he did it here. The ball in our court now. It's in our court. Do we believe he can do this? Do we believe he can do this? Because uh, we say yes, Lord, because when you, when you tell him yes, that's when he's going to start touching. When you tell him yes, that's when he's going to start touching. And when God starts touching, nothing remains the same. Nothing remains the same when God starts touching. You know what I love about this? I, I'm glad it were two men. Why, 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 why are you happy about that, Pastor? Because it lets me know it wasn't just limited to one person. Because it had been two, two hundred, two thousand, or twenty million. God still got the same power. He can do all things save fail. He said, do you believe? And no matter who it is, it was two at that time. But what about us in this sanctuary? If you in debt, do you believe he can get you out? If you're, listen, you believe in, you want to be blessed to be a blessing, do you believe he can do that? If you want to start a business, do you believe he can do that? Listen, do you, are you, do you believe that he can heal your body? Do you believe he can protect you? Do you believe he can keep you till you see him face to face? Do you believe he can keep you till you see him face to face? Yeah, I know it's a little rough sometimes walking this walk of faith, but do you believe he can do this? You going to make all A's in school? Do you believe he can do this? Do you believe that he can pay? Listen, he can pay all your schooling. All, I don't care what school you go to. You go to the most expensive school in the United States of America or the world, but God can pay every dime of it. Every dime of it. Every dime of it, God can pay him. And he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith. According, that which belongs to you, your faith, your conviction of what I say is true. That which you trust in, your belief in God's written and revealed word. He says, let it be, let it come into existence, let it be made for you. Notice the contact and, and the connection that takes place. Because they connected with him, they trusted in him. When, we, when he touches us or we come in contact, our eyes are open. Our eyes are open. 
And so he made it clear that the manifested miracle will come into existence based on the revealed word of God. Because there's nothing too hard for our God. And after we touched it, then their eyes were open. I want us to t- God to touch every believer in this sanctuary so you can see it like God sees it. I want God to touch you so you can see that God can restore, that God can deliver, that God can protect. Is there anything too hard for our God? Anything too hard for our God? Anything too hard for our God? Can God, can God bring you out? Yes, he can. Can God heal you? Yes, he can. Can God prosper you? Yes, he can. Can God keep you till you meet Jesus face to face? Yes. Yes, Lord. Everybody say, yes, Lord. Say it like you really mean it. Say it one more time. That's it. Yes, Lord. I believe you can do it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And when you tell God yes, he drops Excuse me, he begins to touch in your life. He begins to touch. And when he touches, you begin to open up and see things like Jesus wants it seen. See, their view was clear, and they were able to see naturally, and most importantly, spiritually. Most importantly, spiritually. See, we have to believe that the Lord would touch our situation so that we can see promises like Proverbs 10 and 22. Proverbs 10 and 22 says this, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Let me tell you, that scripture is real. That scripture is real. Psalms 37 and 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he should give you the desires of your heart. Is anything too hard for God? Psalms 37 and 4, is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? Do you believe he can do this? Remember, it's not if if your neighbor believes it. It's not if your cousin believes it. It's not not if the disciples believe it. Do you believe he can do this? Because it's according to your faith. Let it be to you. And I believe God, listen, let me say this to you. God's not a respecter of persons. I believe God would do it for me if he'd do it for minister, if he'd do it for sister, if he'd do it for brother. He'd do it for you, the sitting to the right of you. He'd do it to the one sitting to the left of you. And if you invest in your faith like the scripture is talked about, he'll do it for the person sitting in that chair. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. Oh, will he do it? Yes, he'll do it for you. Now, this is what you need to know. Many of you in the sanctuary, God has been doing stuff for you for years. 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 I'm talking about years God been doing stuff for you. I'm talking about years God been healing you. God been delivering you. God did miracles for your family. God has brought, brought, brought you out financially. God has paid off debt. God has did this, that, and the other. And you think God is stopping because of 2022? Because of what's going on in the world? You got another thing coming. If he did it for you... All, all up until now, what made you think God gonna stop now? What made you think? And, and you, let me say something. While I pick this up, look around the sanctuary just for a moment. Everybody, you see, God undid something for. 
Everybody you looking at. And I guarantee you, within this last few months, I, in 2022, and I know it's only two months, God has did a miracle for everybody in this sanctuary. Everybody in the sanctuary, he'll do at least one miracle for. Everybody. And then, you know, he did enough for me. Let me talk to you for me in a few minutes. I find out what he did for you. You may not recognize it, but I pray that he touch your eyes so you can see what he already has done for you. And some of you right now, this your driving is a miracle. You ain't got no tickets. Ain't been hit by nobody. So the way you cook, you know God do a miracle. Some of y'all get meals provided for you. Whoo, shut up. Hey, hey. Oh my God, ain't did nothing for you. And some of y'all been walking around here, this is carefree as you want to be. God been protecting you. Been protecting because you ain't been the cleanest person in the world. But God been protecting you. Not only protect you, he protect your children. He protected your loved ones. And tell me God ain't did nothing. You got to, I'm sorry, back, get back, finish up, Dobbs. Finish up. All right, now, the more that I develop my faith, I'm able, I have the power, the skill, the means, and opportunity to see and receive the promises of God. That's already been ordained for my life based on 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises of God in him, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen unto the glory of God through us. That's why we need to commit, <clears throat> carry out, and devote our life daily to say yes, Lord, to his will and to his way. Hallelujah. And to every promise that God has for us, then we can say, yes, Lord, I believe you can do this, which in my opinion, which I believe is a true sign of a faith walker. You believe that he can do Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.